perfectionism is just another form of fear. It's fear that you're not good enough, fear that you're going to be judged and you can't handle the judgment. And that's something that you have to know that that's going to be there. But what you don't want to do is that you don't want to suffer twice from a failure, mm -hmm. one in your head and then one in the reality. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of this. the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland with the J in the middle. What's up, everyone? Oh my God. Uh, this is episode number 145. That's cool. 145. I like that. I like that. You know, you know the the jersey number Michael Jordan wore when he came back from retirement. No, but I bet it wasn't one forty five. No, it was forty five. Oh, right. So he went from twenty three to forty five. Yep, and then he went back to twenty three because forty five was not working. Mm. So yeah. that has nothing to do with one hundred and forty five. It's just the only um, thing there is found a, to tie to. There's forty five in the <gasps> the number. So one forty five. I see. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a stretch, but okay. Everybody saw what I did there. You oh. didn't see the. You did. You do that quite often, though. Like if you go back and listen, and I say the number of the episode, you're like, oh, you know what that reminds me of, and it's something that's not the number, but it just reminds you of it. Yeah, it's not the. the yeah, but I mean the number is there. It's like anything else. Yeah. Like there's a connection. Anything else. Right. I got he was you. number 45, and we're on 100 episodes beyond 45. So 100 plus <laughs> Michael Jordan is yeah. where we're at today. Yeah. Greatest of all time, right? Love it. Well, do you have a what in the world? Yeah, I have a what in the world. Okay. Yeah, and this what in the world is about my lovely, beautiful, amazing wife. I knew it was going to be about wife. me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so my wife recently had a surgery. Surgery is a big deal. Foot she surgery. Was foot surgery. She was put five under. Five days ago. Five days ago mm -hmm. to the day we're doing this recording. Okay. And, you know... It's not so much like I would not have an issue with my wife and I don't have an issue with my wife, you but do. my wife thinks I'm the worst patient when I have like a procedure. I've had knee surgeries, two knee surgeries in the in the past. And uh, hands down, you're the worst patient. <laughs> but, hands down. But take a poll. Our daughter last night made mm -hmm. a statement. OK. Right. And she said, Mom, you know, you talk about dad being a bad patient, mm -hmm. but you're almost the same. Yeah. And it, and so Jordan has to pick a side. Oh, like literally, a, she's got to pick a she side. She said, "I don't pick sides. I'm just." She said, "I am a neutral. I am Switzerland." She's not, and she has a perspective that I think should be honored and represented. Mm -hmm. This woman here will not listen. She won't let people take care of her to the fullest extent. What does that mean exactly, though? Well, like, you have this thing where you want to still like, I don't know. Not it's not control, but you don't want to be helpless okay right? nobody wants to be helpless <laughs> no but i mean sometimes you just gotta let people do things for you okay and you know it, it's sometimes it's kind of hard but i think for the most part you've been pretty good mm -hmm. i think as the times you felt a little bit better you start to like step on my toes as your caretaker mm -hmm. and that really bothers me <laughs> as your caretaker i can't do my job if you're trying to do my job for me 
Well, I will say five days in, you've gotten a lot better. But the first day, it's very frustrating for someone like me who's very thoughtful in like, okay, I'm going to walk from my living room to my bedroom. Let me get everything that I need before I leave this room. You are the opposite. So for example, I'm like, hey, I need to take a shower. And you're like, oh, I was going to get in the shower myself, but I'll come help you that first. The, but okay, that, there's that. Then you come, you meet me in the shower and I'm like, okay, can you go get the saran wrap? Can you get some tape? Can you, like, you don't think through that was one all of time. the things, but you don't think it through. Just like when I you say, honey, you know, can I bring you something to drink? Sure. You bring me, you know, iced tea or whatever. And I'm like, can you also bring a coaster and a napkin? So you just forget all of the things. And I'm not being picky. Trust me. I'm thankful that you are here taking the time off to care for me. But I feel like I'm nagging you to get all of the things that if you just thought it through, then I wouldn't have to bother you. And then I would feel like a good patient. I'd be like, oh, my God, he's really like going above and beyond, like bringing me everything I need so I don't have to ask him anything. So. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so it I makes brought- me feel like a terrible person <laughs> because you do one nice thing for me and then you forget the five things that go with it. Like a couple times you brought me food and I was like, thanks, this is awesome. But do you think I get a fork? No, like, that's not honey, happened. You no, are forgetting I, everything. No, I have not. You got me out of the fork. shower. I'm like, OK, could you help me put on my lotion? No. So no, the first few out, times time out, I had out, to ask you that stuff. Out. no. I have brought you. I asked you, last night uh, no. for a little bit of Jello. <laughs> no, you brought me okay. indeed can a I just little tell, bit of Jello. Can I, just, can I just tell people this? Okay, here's what's so important about this: when someone asks you for a a quantity amount of something that cannot be necessarily measured <laughs> from a standpoint, it says, "Can you just give me a little bit of Jello?" Mm-hmm. Can I just tell you, there's no way you're going to get that. I told you that. I said, there's no way I'm going to get this perfect. Like You're I said right. that, I said that there's no way I'm going to get this perfect. Either I'm going to You're give right. you too much or I'm going to give you too little, but Wait, there's no way that I give exactly you. exactly what I said. Cause right. You're right. I set you up for failure <laughs> with that one. I said, honey, do you think you could, well, I said, did you make the jello I asked you to make earlier? And I gave you all these compliments cause you made jello, which is two ingredients and you made it really well. <laughs> so I was like, honey, can I get some of that amazing jello that you remade if it's done? And you said, yeah. How much you want? I said, just a tiny bit in a tiny bowl. Why? Because you will bring me the biggest bowl like to feed five people. So I said a tiny bit in a tiny bowl. And you said, there's no way I can get that right. I said, yep, you're probably right. But you came back with indeed a tiny bowl with literally four mouthfuls of jello. And I ate it in less than 40 seconds. And then I just set the bowl there and I was like, I'm not gonna ask him for more jello because that no. makes me the I nagging said, patient. No, I said. Do you want more? And you said, no, I'll just, this is. I, I said, that was fine. This is fine. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? Take your little ass piece of little jello, your little ass cup, your little ass spoon. I brought this woman's soup, right? I'm like, here's some soup. She goes, With a oh. serving uh, spoon. No, I gave you the regular spoons. No. We have two types of spoons. We have regular spoons and a we have serving small spoon spoons. and a regular no, teaspoon. It's not a serving spoon. Yes, a serving it is. spoon is like a big spoon. You brought the bowl of soup to me, and the spoon was so heavy it's that it was like falling out of the uses. bowl. I was using I use that spoon. Nobody uses that spoon except your big mouth. <laughs> Nobody uses that spoon. She goes, oh, Take can I have bowl. a smaller spoon. I said, I'm sorry. No can problem, I not have a serving spoon for this soup? Can I just have a regular spoon? We have to define what is a serving spoon. You know what's gone wrong? We have communication issues. (laughs) We do not. We have communication issues and it's expectation issues. Like I expect that as a caregiver, think it through. So I don't have to ask you a million times. So that's why I get upset is because I'm like, I'm not going to ask him. I'm not going to ask him. I'll get up and I'll hobble to the sink and I'll get it myself. 
But I don't want to have to ask you. Do you understand? No, I need it, to know if the listeners that are listening wait, understand. It, you so don't want to nag the people. First of all, she's over-exaggerating. Okay. Okay. I have every meal I brought you, I brought you a, a fork. <laughs> and then one day I brought you a, okay, a larger spoon that you wanted. Spoon. Okay. So that, you could, do not tell the people that I didn't bring okay. you a fork. I brought you napkins. There was a there was a time I brought you a, a, a cold beverage, and you're like, "Can you give me a napkin to put underneath there?" No problem. I get it. I Not understand. a time. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Several times. No, several times. Okay. Right. But I will we tell you. We have a communication I, issue right no, now. No, we do not. <laughs> we do not. I refuse. I rebuke that. There's not a communication issue. What it is is just like this is what I'm here to do. You ask me to do things. I can't anticipate every single thing that you want. So you're going to mm-hmm. have to ask me. And there are going to be things that you normally do for yourself that you know that it, this is why I want to tell people, no matter what, if it's me, anyone, mm-hmm. there's certain things that you normally do on your own mm-hmm. that you kind of, like, you know exactly how much jello you want. Mm-hmm. If you tell me a little bit, a little bit for me is whatever a little bit is for me. But I know and exactly be, what you do every day but to I, where like, okay, you take your vitamins every day. Every morning, that means I'm going to wake you up and I'm going to be like, oh, hey, let's have some vitamins. You want some coffee? <laughs> you want some tea? Like I have everything but, prepared. But no, but You're the, like, the difference is I have to call I, on you I, and I The difference is, is I'm not particular I and know. you are very particular. And so I I'm here to meet those needs as much as possible. Well, so, I don't, but you it, understand it's because you love me that you want to do things for me. And it's because I love you that I don't want to nag you <laughs> with all the minor details. I'll just hobble over and do it myself. Oh my God. Now so, people feel like you're, like I'm abusive? neglecting you. She has to hobble over. <laughs> oh my God. Did you hear in the push podcast? Eddie makes her hobble over oh on a broken God. foot. Uh, and so she, then she gets into bed. She goes, oh, my God, my, my left hip hurts so much because it's doing so much work. <laughs> it <laughs> is doing so much work. Every time I stand up, I have to put all my weight on my left like foot. So my left calf is going to be bigger. Everything's going to be bigger on the She's left. all about like symmetry. Everything has to be even. If I if I rub her right foot. You got to rub the left. left <laughs> I've been thinking, should I go get a pedicure on my left foot? which I'd like to get and then just pay in full and be like, can I come back next week and get it on the right foot? No, and then that, that equals one pedicure. hundred percent. No, I know. That but is, that is enough. anyways, here we are today. <laughs> um, so that was my what in the world, the surgery. I had foot surgery because I had a bone spur in my right foot that I've been dealing with for the past few years. And the surgery has been canceled because of COVID. So I'm like that patient that's excited to like, let's just get it over with. And, and she's I also like excited about drugs. She's like, oh, the doctor comes in. She's like, she's like, yeah, give me all the stuff. I don't want to feel nothing. Yeah, I don't. Well, I, I don't understand when people are like, ah, oh, I don't want to be put under. Why? I don't want to feel anything. I don't yeah. understand when people say like, ah, oh, I've been putting off surgery for five years. Why? Do you enjoy pain? Like it's just going to worsen, I think. So yeah. I'm like, sign me up for the surgery. If this will help and, you know, this will prevent pain in the future. Great. Let's do it. Also, I learned the whole pain situation from you. Okay. Okay. Eddie has surgery on his knee. He tells the doctor when they're checking him into admissions that he is not going to be spending the night in the hospital, you guys. Who says that? And so the admission like lady says, well, w- did the doctor say that? He goes, no, you can just let the doctor know that I'm not going to say. That's not what That's happened. That's what happened. No, they so said. So he proceeds to have knee <laughs> surgery. <laughs> He decides to exercise his option to waive an overnight hospital stay after a major knee surgery, comes home, and what do you think happens? The pain that he had was so severe that he was vomiting and crying and secreting. Don't tell the people that I was crying. What do you call them? Fluids from your body. (laughs) You were crying, and I had to rush you back to the hospital. Okay, can you? I was not. 
The doctor said, <laughs> hold on, when I took you back, the doctor said, you have to stay up on the pain. And this surgery was so severe that we needed to give you morphine to stay up because Vicodin is not going to be helpful. So I learned that from you. Stay up on the pain as it's healing, because if you have to get ahead of the pain, that's the only way to avoid it. But if you let the pain catch up, it's going to be really hard to like yeah. get it under control. I'm a giver. So for me, right. I'm in the hospital and they're like, how's your pain? And I go, it's perfect. Keep it coming. Whatever it is, I don't feel any pain. I don't want to feel any pain. Also, what are you sending me home with? I have no problem taking it. I also have no problem taking stool softeners if this is going to constipate me because I'm either going to be in pain or I'm going to be constipated. I'd rather be constipated. I'm just, there I, you have I, it. I just want to let you know, I'm so glad that I'm a giver. And I, I'm a giver of opportunities for you to learn from. Mm -hmm. Without me, you probably would be vomiting and crying. And can we just go over the crying thing? I don't have a problem with crying. I'm a man. But you were I know. crying. It was tears that you I could not crying. control. I was not. I wasn't like whimpering and like sniffling and. Like, okay. And well, you couldn't tell in between your <laughs> vomiting. And then the girls and I had to load you into the back seat of the car. Your foot's like hanging out, like crutches everywhere. It was just bad. So I learned from your mistakes. Stay on top of Do the. Do you pain. know that I, I have like like my memory is really spotty about that. Well, mine is not because yeah. I was there, and the <laughs> but girls I mean, like, are equal. I remember like you walking by and you saying, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I don't think I'm okay. I think I need to go to the doctor." Yeah. And, and I, then remember, I remember being in the car feeling really nauseous. You were nauseous. Uh, and then I remember being in the like reception area Waiting of the hospital mm -hmm. area, and then being in the hospital room, and mm -hmm. then that's it. And then I remember being in the actual hospital yeah. bed, admitted for like three or four days. Yeah. So the issue is, the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, is if your doctor is performing major surgery and they recommend that you stay the night in the hospital, listen to the professionals. You're not a doctor. You don't know what's best for you. They do this surgery all the time. And you were like the laughing stock. Also, you told me it was a procedure and that I could go back to work the next day and that you'd be fine. So then what happened was I had to call in sick because I was on my way to the bakery seeing you cry and vomit, had to cancel everything, put my staff into this big mess, take you to the hospital, and then we sat in the hospital for another four days. So yeah, I wasn't the happiest. <laughs> I wasn't the happiest caregiver because hey, it could have all worked pain. out differently. It was before, well, you know, anyways, I, I learned my lesson. I'm, I'm glad I was able to share I'm that I'm glad lesson you with learned you. your lesson too. And to the people that push podcasts. So for me, I will stay on top of it with all of the <laughs> drugs that they provide. So anyways, today's the first day I'm actually, second day I'm not on drugs. So yeah. I've got more energy. I don't feel as groggy. At one point I was leaving a voice message for one of the girls on my team. And I was like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I'm rambling right now. So I don't even know if I said what I had to say, but... I'll talk to you when I wake up. And I just stopped it. And then you looked at me and you go, you just left that whole message in Spanish. No, I said, I said, <laughs> hey, the person who's messaging Jessica. Jessica. And I said, I said, does Jessica speak Spanish? And this is like the second right. day she's home. And she goes, I don't know. No, I don't think so. Why? I go, because you just left that entire <laughs> message in Spanish. And she goes, and I what? so hard. <laughs> I, was like, I was hilarious. She was so drugged up. I was like, that's, that's yeah. what we play with people. That, I like it. We have humor. <laughs> so moving on, I hope that was entertaining for you guys. The moral of the story, take the drugs. Don't be addicted, though. And stay and listen to the doctor if they tell you to stay over. Um, today, we're going to be talking about overthinking because we have so many people that we uh, interact with, whether it be at work, whether it be in life. 
and you're just weighing all these options, kind of overthinking everything, whether yeah. it's starting a business, whether it's a big move, whether it's asking for a raise, whether it's pursuing a promotion or putting your name in the hat for you know, the next level at your job. I yeah. feel like so many people are stuck in the whole overthinking and decision fatigue arena. And we want to talk about that today. Yeah. And we, you know, what's interesting, because I think this is probably one of those topics that we have kind of alluded to in past episodes where we say, oh, that's no, that, that's a whole nother conversation mm -hmm. because it, it ties into everything. And a big part of the push podcast is that we're trying to push you to do things to get outside your comfort zone and overthinking is a critical thing because it affects everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Anytime we take on something that is brand new, outside of our element, uh, maybe not something that we have seen done before or know how to model, we tend to overthink. We think about all the different things and usually overthinking does not lead to positive thinking. Mm -hmm. It usually means it's gonna damage your actions is going to damage your ability to take action on whatever you're, you're thinking about doing. Yeah, I think it leads to perfectionism and then inaction yeah. would be the result of overthinking. So we're going to share eight tips with you today that we think will help you overcome overthinking in the future. So I'll go with the first one and then you kind of do the second one. If yeah. You want. OK, yeah. so failure leads to greatness. I remember when we were listening to you there, I think it was a greatness um, like sports documentary or something. And every single one of them, including Kobe, all, all of these athletes were saying that the reason they became great was because they first started practicing. Mm -hmm. So they weren't starting off you know, as greats. And right. I think that people are afraid to suck in the beginning. And so understanding that failure leads to greatness, then if you're embarking on something new, you would know, oh, I'm probably going to fail a couple of times. Right. Out of the gates, I'm probably not going to be that great. But yet we put so much expectation on ourselves. And we'll talk about some of those reasons in the next bullet points. But Jordan said the other day in a conversation, she's like, well, because you know, you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a good reminder for her to realize, like, I said, well, what do you think that means? She goes, that means you just got to take the shots and be OK yeah. missing. Yeah. And so that's kind of my first tip is understand that failure is going to lead to the greatness and you've got to suck in the beginning. Yeah. And it's interesting that like the things that in society we rely a lot on and one of them is science. Right. And. And science is one of those things that you have medical doctors or scientists or biologists or whatever it is. And even in their like their title or it's a practice, mm -hmm. right? They're practicing medicine. They're practicing science. And even within that, there is an allowance for failure. It is expected that you fail, mm -hmm. right? Well, it's, don't give away all the tips. No, I'm not giving away the tips. Okay. What I'm saying is that like failure leads to greatness. Like every achievement that you see, whether it be in technology, whether it be in sports or, or even in entertainment, it's built on the backs of failure. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that that is a huge part of why we relish success is because we know that failure is such a high percentage. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself that question. Are you stopping yourself from pursuing whatever it is and stuck in indecision because you're trying to come out of the gates? Great. Yeah, that could be a problem. The next thing is perfectionism. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I think perfectionism is, and then we put it on here, should be eliminated from your desire, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think people, we talk to a lot of business owners, right? And one of the things they say first is, I don't want to do it until it's perfect. Right. I right? can't stand it <laughs> because it's never going to be perfect. And so I think the first thing is just understanding, like, perfectionism is not required. Right. And it's not even attainable. 
No. Like, it's very, very rare that something perfect, like, takes off and out of the gates is, like, a home run. Yeah, even your, and this is so funny, because even the things that we use the most, right? So you think about your computers, you think mm -hmm. about your technology, any they put things out that are not perfect. And you know what they do? They, they send you an update. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they go, hey, that original software update we sent you, it wasn't perfect. Here's some updates to fix that. Right. right? So you're talking specifically about a brand as big as Apple right. that is imperfectly saying, you know what, let's still do an iPhone launch. And we'll take the feedback and then we'll send out an update and we'll perfect it. Right. And it, the thing is, is that there's a and I will tell you this. And, and and when you read about different organizations and companies or individuals, there is an aspiration to achieve moments of perfection, but not perfection from a standpoint of like the first time I do something. I right? think perfection, it's, it's when a, it eliminates your ability to take action, right. then it becomes like a downfall. Right. And, and, and we're not saying not to have high standards. Mm -hmm of what you expect from yourself or from others, but it's part of the journey. The part of the journey is to find that greatness in those moments where things just line up perfectly, right? I remember playing sports and I remember having a game where I was like, man, I feel like I played perfect. Like mm -hmm. it was like I was in a zone, I couldn't miss, everything mm -hmm. I did worked, I was at the perfect timing. Mm -hmm. And you get those moments, you get into a zone, and everyone's kind of felt that where you just felt like every word, if you're a writer, every word that you're, mm -hmm. you're typing is like perfectly placed in a sentence and it builds a story. Like that's part of being in the zone, but that doesn't happen until you're yeah. taking action mm -hmm. and, and you're moving forward. Because perfectionism is just another form of fear, right? Yeah. It's fear that you're not good enough, fear that you're gonna be judged, and you can't handle the judgment. And that's something that you have to know that that's going to be there. But what you don't want to do is that you don't want to suffer twice from a failure. Mm -hmm. One in your head and then one in the reality. Mm -hmm. If that's you're going to fail. Suffering from overthinking right? and then suffering when it actually like doesn't work out. Right. And most of the time, it's not going to work out. Right. Most of the time, you're, you're going to have moments where things just, God, that didn't line up well. I, you know, I missed the, the mark here. But I think one of the things that's kind of the underlining thing that we're talking about is that the feeling underneath failures, you got to let go, mm -hmm. right? You got to be able to move past it and say, okay, I expect it, to, it you know, to, to meet some obstacles, but I'm willing to go, you know, achieve over those things. Yeah. I think also during the kind of journey is where you build resilience to step back up to the yeah. plate and give it another shot. And so I think if your expectations are perfectionism, like out of the gate, then you're just setting yourself up for major disappointment. Yeah, and I think that resilience is something we're struggling with right now. I, I see a lot of people struggle with, you know, I didn't get the job, I didn't mm -hmm. get promoted, and then they the fall question into their this, whole life. They question everything. Mm -hmm. And like, instead of saying, okay, wow, that didn't work, mm -hmm. and how do I disassociate my emotional state from that? Because it's okay to feel disappointed. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel like, man, I let myself down, I let others down. But you got to quickly pick yourself up and say, okay, I got to go back up there because in order for me to make this failure worth it, I got to learn from it. Right. Otherwise, it's 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 in vain. Yeah, agree. Um, number three is this is kind of just a practice. And I think if you change your what ifs, the scary what if, what if it doesn't work? What if I fail? What if people hate it? What if people judge me? Change your what ifs to why nots. Mm. And this reminds me of the fact that just yesterday we were watching Freddie Mercury and Queen in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And at one point he was, you know, talking to a record producer and he was like, yeah, basically talking about how great Queen was going to be. They right. were not even discovered. They were nothing. 
And I think he had the attitude of like, well, why not us? Mm -hmm. Why not us? And so we paused it at some point during the movie, Jordan, Eddie, and I. And I was like, I just want to let you guys know that I am a New York Times bestselling author and blah, 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 blah. And I gave everybody my title. And I was like, and why not me? Right. Eddie, what's yours? And you're like, you know, giving your title. Jordan gave hers. And I feel like we need to change the like, well, what if it doesn't work out kind of thought that plays over like a loop in your head to why shouldn't it work? Why not me? Mm. Why why am I not the one to make this work and you, just do yeah. it? You know why people have a tough time having that mentality? Mm. It's because of other people. What do you mean? Because we quite frankly, we shame people that have immense confidence, mm -hmm. right? We, do. we can't handle the fact that people can believe so much into themselves that we call them arrogant. We say that they are cocky or they have an ego. And sometimes it's, it's overdone, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen that. But it, most times I see people who are out there with their confidence. And the first thing is that someone can't wait to knock them down, mm -hmm. right? They can't wait because a lot of times it's a projection thing. Mm -hmm. They want to feel that way about themselves and they don't. Well, the thing that comes to mind is like we live in an era where social media is a huge influence on your life, right? right? And we've got social media influencers on TikTok with millions of followers that are making millions of dollars each year by posting content. Yet if you're at a beach and you see someone filming themselves or doing something with a camera crew or something, the first thing you think of is like, oh, they're so self-absorbed. You know, can't you just come to the beach and just enjoy it? But right. you literally don't know with your judgy ass if they're getting paid $10,000 to shoot some content for a campaign that they're right. being paid for. They just happen to be doing it with their homies at the beach on an iPhone. So you discredit it. And so that's kind of exactly what you're talking about is like people think that when you're out there or you're doing something out of the norm that they should shame you. And this is why a lot of people kind of hide behind that yeah. fear. And they don't think, you know, well, what if it's me? Why not me? They think, what if people judge me? What if people are talking about me at the beach? What if my business fails? What will everyone say? The reality is lots of businesses fail and we don't really do much about it. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. remember that company, Blockbuster? Oh, it's not here anymore. No one right. even knows who founded Blockbuster. We're not shaming the owner for like, serving you know these videos for what 20 years like they did right we're not upset that blockbuster went out of business we're happy that it existed for right. the time that it did and it's funny because i think that we are in a place where we care a lot about what people think right and part of our society is now built on this social media where Everyone you're relying on what people mm -hmm. think about you when it comes to likes and views and all these different things and so we can't handle if someone feels a certain way about us, like it really tears people down now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I hope that this doesn't happen, but I, I think that innovation can slow down and people, you know, doing risky things can come to a place where we don't see it often because we're so consumed with what people may think. Yeah, I think we got to be the outliers and just say, why not me? Right. And I think that that's the challenge is, is if you listen to this push podcast right now, like, can you be an outlier? Can you like carry a thought or an idea and not care what other people think, but yeah. really care about what you think. Can you be authentic to yourself? And I think that that is a task and that that's where you find achievement. Yep. And in the early parts of that, people are going to shame you. They're mm -hmm. going to throw stones at you. But if you persevere, I think you're going to be the greatness. first to celebrate you yeah, when you 100%. make it big. All right. Moving on to number four, I put become a scientist. 
And I think that scientists have this universal method called hypothesis, test, verify. Yeah. And I think if we focused more on when we are trying to consider chasing after dreams or doing hard, scary things that make us overthink and maybe hold us back, I think we need to feel more empowered to understand that everything in life is an experiment. Yeah. So you try something, you learn from it, it didn't work, it did work, you had a little bit of success, you had a lot of success. Whether it was successful or not, your job, I think, is to learn from it, go back, kind of make some tweaks, and then experiment again. And I think we've gotten away from this hypothesis, test, verify sort of routine that we should adopt when we're trying to do hard things. Like we should be okay experimenting like a scientist. Yeah, and I think... When you say hypothesis, so that people really understand what that means, it really means like taking an educated guess. Yeah, taking the things you know, or at least you think you know, and saying, okay, with this bit of knowledge, I'm going to implement something and I'm just going to test it. Like I'm looking at it from a standpoint that I'm not like emotionally involved in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And you see this, especially when people create content, right? Is that they are so locked into it because it's personal. Right. Like this is like something that they created. And so now it's like it's not a test like this has to work because this is my skill. This is my talent. And you not liking it means that I'm not good. Right. Where a hypothesis is based on what I know, I think that this should work. But here's my test. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I test and I test and I and I I go, oh, I'm learning this. And then Mm -hmm. I I go back to my hypothesis again, because what do you get from a test? You gain results. Insight. Insight gives you more knowledge Mm -hmm. and you can go back and continue to test that. Before you know it, you can verify that, hey, this actually works or based on what I've learned, this is the best thing we can do. Yeah. And I think that I see this every single day on TikTok. Like Jordan will send me TikTok videos. You'll send them. And I find that they're the most unrefined. Yep authentic, someone turned on a camera, the angle's terrible, they don't have makeup, they're not overdone, and they're sharing some sort of thought or reaction and it goes viral. Yeah. Versus the days of something being overproduced, you know, very Instagram worthy or shareable or perfect, those things are not getting as much traction, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think that we should learn from that. Like just take action, doesn't have to be perfect, put it out and then just learn from whatever it is, sit back, learn, and then make some tweaks. Yeah. And the next one I would say is my favorite. So number five. Number five is my favorite is, done is better than perfect when perfect is not done. Mm -hmm. Is that tattooed on you? No, it's just- I thought that it was. Well, what's tattooed on me is perfection is not required. Oh. Make your move. And then also we both have make your move. (laughs) And you know- That's actually kind of ties into this podcast, right? Like. You have to make a move. It's a reminder for us to stop overthinking and just make the move. There's so many times that we've sat down, we've planned something and we're just like, let's just go. Yeah. Because, you know, there's no more thinking that we can do if we are not prepared to do a podcast. I mean, we should at some like we know that if we just hit record, we can fall into a discussion that I think can be meaningful because we are at 145 episodes. Yeah. Not to mention all the countless coachings and live things that we've done. Like getting these things done and being in action and all of these reps has gotten to a place where we could say that we're pretty good at like turning on the camera and, and offering something of value to yeah, people. But it's never with the intention of this is perfect. Let's put it out. We've recorded no. in our car right. from our phone. We've recorded episodes where we were kind of ranting, whether it be about racial injustice right. or 
what else did we, we ranted about everything that went wrong about our vacation when we vacationed last year. Some of those episodes have become our most popular episodes of all time. So we have found through action and hypothesizing that the steps we're giving you actually work. So we're telling you, become a scientist. Done's better than perfect when perfect is not done. Is that what it is? Yep. Done is better than perfect when perfect's not <laughs> but done. But you know how many people listen to this podcast and they want to have their own podcast, but yeah. they're waiting to get perfect at mm-hmm. speaking. They're waiting to get perfect with their, yep. their topics. And we know that we put an imperfect uh, podcast out every single week. And I think we try to get better and better and better. Mm -hmm. But what's going to happen as we continue to do this and get repetitive, the perfection will show itself. Like people will, we may not think it's perfect, Mm -hmm. but someone will say that was the perfect episode for me. Well, we get messages and reviews. If you guys want to write a review, those are helpful. And we do read them. They keep us on track. But we get messages saying that when I listen to a podcast, I feel like you're talking to me every single time. And I think the overall most written message that we get is you seem so relatable. And I think it's because we share all of our shit, right? (laughs) Right. Like we're telling you these episodes are imperfect. We record them on the fly sometimes. The ones that we prepare the most for are the ones you guys don't care much about. So um, we're trying to find that sweet spot. And most importantly, we are practicing what we're preaching. And so I think that leads me to number six, which is just take the first step. Like actions always required. Action creates tons of clarity. Lots of people want to stay stuck in indecision, which gives you no clarity, right? right? The best way to find clarity is to just freaking move. Right. Because then you'll know like, oh, shit, I made the wrong move. So let me back up. Let me take a couple steps back. Let me tweak it, refine it. Let me go in a different direction. So you need to maybe write that down. The best way to find clarity is to move your ass. You will know very quickly if it's in the wrong direction. And I think we talked about this a little bit in the last episode when you know people talk about anxiety. I think mm-hmm. that this is where that feeling of anxiety occurs is that you know you need to take action. You know you need to take a step, but you're so caught up in your own thoughts that you don't take that step. Right. And then that, that anxiety consumes you to, and it paralyzes you to a place where you, you never take action. And so sometimes I always think when I hear this, like action creates clarity, I just think about like, this podcast, like as we put out more and more podcasts, it becomes clear to us what people want to hear, mm-hmm. which is hard sometimes because we don't always have the most action packed life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but people want to know, like, what do we do in our in, day, day in and day out? Mm-hmm. Right. And those things sometimes can be like, okay, we don't have anything. Let's go do something crazy. So we have something to talk about. But those are things I think that when you think about taking action, I think about that Bill Murray movie. I don't know if you remember. I forgot what it was, but he had like tons of anxiety. And he used to say baby steps to the elevator, baby no. steps, to, you know, but it basically it was about him not wanting to do anything. Mm-hmm. And so he had to like whisper this to himself, baby steps. And everything he did was it was baby. <laughs> he was literally taking baby yeah. steps, but that's better than no steps. Right. Right. Eventually so, you'll get somewhere. Right. right. Yeah. I wish I remember the name of that movie. Number seven is <laughs> one of my favorites. And that is think of who you'll become yeah. while on this journey. And so, so often we focus on like, you know, I got to get there and I've got to get to the final step and I've got to reach the top of the mountain and get the success or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. But we don't focus on who you'll become in the journey along the way. So for example, and I just had this idea to do a poll on Instagram and ask people like, what do you need help with right now? Whatever it is that you're kind of contemplating or mulling over, what do you need help with to help you take action? So I'll give you one example for me. I'm going to publish a cookbook. Well, I need help 
finding a literary agent. I've already done the steps to figure out how to publish a cookbook, what things I need to do. I've already practically written it, it's organized, but now I need to figure out how to bring it out into the world. So if anybody listening knows a literary agent that can put me in touch with a publisher, then please send me a DM, right? right? But imagine if we asked everybody listening to this podcast, like, what do you need help with? And then we helped them. The point I'm trying to make is me doing research, me putting myself out there, asking for help. Who am I becoming? I'm becoming someone who's pretty well-versed and understanding of what it takes to create a cookbook, right? right? I'm becoming someone who's, you know, less likely to ask for help, who's less worried about what people like, oh, what if no one can help me? Well, what shit? What if someone can, Right. So through these steps of me taking this action to publish a cookbook, I'm going to become so much stronger, better, resilient, so much more knowledgeable, resourceful, able to get out of my comfort zone just by pursuing it. So I think we have to focus on who we can become, not just the end result. You know, what's really beautiful watching you work on this this cookbook is that you are an author. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that we we teach all the time is be, do, have, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think about this, this particular number seven being what you become. But because in order for you to actually author and publish a book, you must be an author, mm -hmm. right? So you you have to be that now so that you can do what a, an author does, right? right? And doing so, with an, what an author does is finding a literary agent, right? right? And then eventually doing being that and doing that, will you'll have a, a cookbook that's mm -hmm. complete and finished. But I think that more times than not, people are like, well, I'm not an author. I, I, I'm going to write yeah. a book, but I'm not an author. I'm not well, a good writer. I'm not, I'm a not even writer. a good speller. It's all the things that they're they're not thinking that that is actually going to transform them. But what's yeah. going to transform them is acting as if you already are so that you end up doing what that person would do to produce what that person would produce. And what I'm kind of embodying right now is why not me? Right. Well, why not me? Like I ran a bakery for 12 years. I've got hundreds of recipes. You guys, the stack is like this big that we've perfected over the last 12 years. Why would I not do this? Like right. I'm the perfect person for a publishing house to give a book deal to. Right. Why not me? You know how many times I go to Barnes and Noble and I see all these cookbooks? I'm like, who are these people? Like, I don't know who they are. So why not me? Right. So yeah, hundred percent. Living by example here. <laughs> you want to wrap up number eight? And the last one is is be outcome driven, right? Knowing the result is so important. And I think this this kind of comes to like like understanding what you want and what the goal is. And I think this is another tough thing for people, for all of us, right? Sometimes you can, people can ask me and they catch me off guard, like, "What do I want?" And sometimes you're so caught up in the moment, you forget like the outcome you're looking for, mm -hmm. right? And the outcome is so important because. If you're clear on that, then the path opens up really pretty wide and clear of where, where you need to take steps. Mm -hmm. um, and so understanding what the outcome is that you're looking for, what the feeling that you're looking for, the measurement of success that you're, you're going to track, all those things, I think, becomes a, a huge part of you taking immediate action and consistent action because you're clear on what you want and what you're trying to obtain or, or, or produce. Yeah, I think that's great. So I would just tie in like be outcome driven, but not tied to the outcome. Right. Like, cause you got to know where you're trying to go, right? We're trying to go from Los Angeles to Miami. Great. I right. understand that. But if I say I'm trying to go from Los Angeles to Miami, 
via this, you know, plane on this day with this weather, with this, that's like waiting for perfection, <laughs> right? There might, yeah, there might be so many things that obstruct the travel plan, but ultimately I'm focused on, eventually I got to get to Miami. Yeah. And you know, that's the one thing I think that I think a lot of people get lost in is that they thought that going from LA to Miami was supposed to look and feel a certain way. And because it doesn't look and feel a certain way, then there's a sign that they shouldn't do yep. it, right? Or this is wrong or they're doing it wrong, except for thinking about that this is your path, right? Yeah. This is the way you're supposed to get there because on this path is what you, where you'll become what you need to become to be a person that lives in Miami. And I will just that, tell you that, from experience, all of the lessons, all of the people you need to meet yeah. along the way, they're in all of that. They're in that journey, right? So from LA to Miami, from Janelle today to the published author, like right. there are going to be so many opportunities and like hidden avenues to say like, hey, I know a shorter way to get there or hey, I got a homie with a private jet in the back, like, let me help you. But sometimes we just don't take action. So those opportunities never have a chance to find you. Yeah. So I hope that these tips were helpful for you. We are obviously works in progress, but we are putting some of our tips together to help you hopefully take better and bigger, bolder action in some of the things you might be overthinking or stifled by. So yeah, I hope that this was helpful. You can go to wearethecopelands.com or janellecopeland.com to get a list of this. this. These are good talking points, not just for you, but for your children, for your right. partner, like whoever you're doing life with. So print this out, share this episode if it resonated with you. And if you wanna go to janellecopeland.com, there's a place on there for you to sign up to be notified about just things that are happening with the cookbook. I'm going to be sharing recipes and be sharing lots of things to help you see that I am walking the talk Love and it. embarking on my journey too. So we will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks so much. And take action and push through. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.